1: You are listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey. Get ready to change your Welcome life. Hello
0: everybody, this is Buck Joffrey with the Wealth Formula Podcast. And today I want to start by reminding you to go to wealthformula.com to go pick up all the goodies that I offer there. As you know, you can get a free copy of my book, Seven Secrets of Eternal Wealth and more. You can also, by the way, text me 44222 and type Wealth Formula one word, and you can get a copy of that book as well. Now for today's show, I want to tell you about uh, something I think is really interesting. You know, one thing that I've learned in life is that uh, someone is always ready to tell you why something can't be done. And usually they're wrong. I will tell you that that is the case because, you know, I have had that happen to me so many times. You know, I I had that happen with my first accountant years ago. I was reading some of Robert Kiyosaki's books, and I think it was Tom Wheelwright or, you know, one of the other folks was talking about some of these interesting tax techniques that are perfectly legal, but maybe aren't that easy for some of the accountants to, to, to use. It may actually require some effort. So I. You know, I wanted to do something like this. so I told my CPA at the time I want to do you know, I want to use this particular provision. And the CPA told me it couldn't be done. So I knew it could be done because someone else was doing it. So instead of listening to him, I fired him and found somebody who who actually could do what I wanted to do. Now, most people probably would have listened to the accountant. After all, he was known as the conservative guy in town that all the doctors used, of course. You know, I found out later that what conservative means in the CPA world, in the accounting world, is that you might as well use TurboTax because you'll save some money. Because the whole idea is these guys' purpose in life is to protect you from an audit, which frankly is not that hard. All they have to do is anytime there is a, um, you know, anytime there's not black or white and it's all gray, you just err on the side of being conservative. The problem is 90% of the tax law is in the gray. So that's not going to save you any money. Now, I won't necessarily begrudge, you know, those kinds of uh, people, uh, those types of accountants or those types of people say things can't be done. Because you see, everyone wants to tell you their own version of the truth. And I'm not talking about, you know, the Trump administration here, for example. That's a different kind of thing. What I'm talking about here is people who legitimately believe that they're right, but they just aren't. And in the process of them being wrong, it may actually cost you money. Now, I've learned this many times over. So now, if someone tells me these days that something can't be done, uh I take it with a grain of salt and then I look for someone with solutions. I might not find uh someone right away, but it seems like almost always that is the case. I find them over time, and what was a blockade was something that was in my way, something that I could not solve became uh there came a solution, and it was it was uh was right there all along. Now, finding solutions to problems is what entrepreneurs do. And so it does not surprise me that my guest on this week's Wealth Formula podcast has found a way to give you even more freedom and make you more money with the money that you currently use in your self-directed IRA or solo 401k. And that's what we're going to talk about this week with my guest, Damian Lupo, when we come back With an average investor internal rate of return of almost 34%, with hold times just over three and a half years, these guys know what the meaning of velocity of money is. If you're an accredited investor, make sure to check out what they're up to right now at ReliantFund4.com. Again, that's ReliantFund4.com. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, my guest on Wealth Formula Podcast is Damian Lupo. He is the founder of Total Control Financial. Sounds like a protein bar to me. This is, but it's, but it's that kind of gravitas, right? I mean, he is a guy who um, who's had quite a life up to now. He's only forty years old, but uh, he was worth over twenty million bucks uh, in his twenties. But then, like a lot of people, got caught up in uh, the Great Recession and got hit pretty bad. You know, I had the fortune of talking to Damien on the phone yesterday. It's the first time I ever met him. After that, I absolutely had to have him on the show today, and uh, and so I just we've we've moved around the schedule a little bit to get this information to you because I think it's worth having right now. Damien, welcome to Wealth Formula Podcast.
1: Hey, Buck, it's really good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. I can't wait to share everything with you. Yeah, this listening.
0: is good stuff. So. Let's move back though, because I always like people to get to know, you know, the people we're talking to. And uh, I mean, you're, so tell us about this story because this is an interesting story in itself: the rise and fall of a young, ultimately a young real estate investor and entrepreneur. So, take us back.
1: Well, you know, I did like a lot of people did. I I showed up at a seminar because I read a book and I think that that's, there's a common book theme with many people in the real estate space. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Sure. That was, it triggered me. And I said, Hey, I want to be that guy. And actually back in 99, I I looked around and I said, who do I really want to be? I want to be Donald Trump. That was because Donald Trump (laughs) was the real estate guy. He wasn't the president. Right. So so I I went out to Florida and met Kiyosaki at at an event, a real estate investing event. And then I just bought everything every one of these speakers had, all their tapes, literally tapes, and listened to them, burned out the tapes, and then started doing what they suggested and basically did it blindly because one of the naive things that you do when you're 20, 22 years old is you think you can build the Great Wall of China in a week. So I went out and did it and and stumbled my way through the process of buying a whole bunch of houses, turned into 150 houses, apartments, condo developments in Birmingham, Memphis, like I was all over the place. And I was pretty invincible, at least in my own mind. What what year and was then, that?
0: What, what year did uh, you start doing all that?
1: So I started in 2000. January 2000 is the beginning. Yeah. And really built this stuff up over five years. So it, it's definitely possible to create massive wealth. And very quickly, the problem is I didn't really have a foundation of values or mission or morals. And that's a big problem yeah. because a lot of money just really accelerates who you already are and emphasizes it. Sure. And- I found out who I was. I wasn't well, a very good guy. When so you're in that's... your 20s, I don't know that. <laughs> I think that's asking a lot. <laughs> yeah, you know? it is. You get, it, yeah. I mean, what happens in basketball and baseball and these sports, you give yeah. all these these young guys millions yeah. of dollars and they lose their minds. I did too.
0: Well, but was it losing your mind or was it over leverage that really ultimately took you down?
1: Well, let's just put it this way. My ego was driving the ship right. and it, the leverage definitely crushed me, but my ego thought I was invincible. So if you're invincible, you don't care about leverage. You think, ah, oh, I could have 120% leverage on everything and just keep levering it up. But I ate my equity. And ultimately, when things turned down, I didn't have any place to go except off a cliff.
0: Got it. So basically what happened was you were you were doing cash out refis. Maybe you'd buy more, but then you were spending a lot of it, too. So whatever equity that you were pulling out, you weren't necessarily even reinvesting. You were you're were buying Ferraris and stuff.
1: I did. And, yeah. and the stuff that I was going after in 2005, I, I saw the market being a little bit frothy and I said, okay, let me pull some money out. But then I got greedy and wasn't willing to sit on the sidelines for five minutes. So I went and bought a whole bunch of stuff and started developing thinking, well, I can just do a bigger project. And again, I was so successful that there's no way I can lose. Yeah. So I just kept going without really looking at the market and being rational at all.
0: So what did you, so you learn from all that?
1: Well, there's, there are a few things. One, you have to understand why you're doing it. If it's just for the money, you're going to eventually lose the money because money ebb and flows. And so it's got to be something bigger than just the money. It's part of it. And the other thing that I really missed out on was not having people around me throughout the whole process. I did in the beginning. I hired coaches. I mean, I spent one mentor in, in particular. I spent $400,000 in two years on him. It was 10000 a month plus his trainings. And this is for like one phone call a month. And oh so God. I invested a ton In these really, really bald, gray-haired people that had a lot of experience. And then I stopped because I thought, why do I need anybody telling me what I already know? I'm so smart. And the truth is, I didn't have enough wisdom because I hadn't been through the cycles yet. So the the learning was always have people that will tell you the truth, no matter what the truth is, even when you don't want to hear it and be willing to listen to them.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of wisdom there. And you know what? The reality is that you're in your 20s and regardless of what happened, right? It's like you're forty now. So it's like really, I mean, this is in my view, being uh in my forties, this is really when the game begins for most people anyway. So you had a very expensive lesson is what you did. And and you've come out of it, you know. I, much I did better. Yeah,
1: what what one of the the funny parts is I look back and I go, why didn't I do 10 times more? Because I was still playing a little bit nervous, thinking that maybe something, even though I was naive and going fast. I was still concerned what people thought. There was still that judgment piece. So I wasn't willing to go even faster, even more intensely going into my own because of that fear of judgment. And I think everybody has a piece of that that we take from our childhood about making mistakes. And the lesson is go harder, faster, hustle. Because if you can, you probably should because eventually you won't be able to. Eventually you get too old. You get tired. And so, when you have the energy, go for it. Yeah. And I just realized failing faster is one of the keys to life.
0: Yeah. Failing faster uh, is the key. Love. You can also, you can also, I mean, it sounds like you tried to do this a little bit with the coaching, but you had the, you know, you know. I always say you can, you learn from your mistakes through, or you learn from mistakes in general. There's no question about it, but they don't have to be your mistakes. Right. No. So, a lot of times when you're, co- you know, you get into coaching programs or whatever, if they're good, they can potentially save you from that. But that, I mean, it is what it is, right? Um, you know, you're uh, you're right. You know, you've got you're right. of the prime of your life, starting something new. Um, for reference, it was funny to talk about, but I kind of feel like I missed out because when I, you know, I was I was a surgical resident until 2008. So pretty much my 20s and uh, early 30s were in surgical training, medical training, and so I kind of just like. I don't know, studied through my 20s and 30s. It kind of, and I look back at that and I don't even practice anymore. And I'm like, damn, um, you know, I wish I got to like drive some Ferraris or something. And
1: <laughs> have some hey, surgery is kind of like a Ferrari. It's very intense and, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Like, yeah, you know, it's kind it's, of the it's,
0: Yeah, no, it's not as cool. I'm sorry. Thanks for saying that though. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> so um, let's talk a little bit about, really the reason that I needed to get you on the show today because, uh, you know, you told me something about that um, I hadn't heard about really before yesterday uh, and and it made a lot of sense. And, you know, whenever I hear somebody tell me about something I don't know about, um, it's not like it doesn't happen anymore, but it has happens less and less. Um, you know, there's always something I don't know about, but when it, you know, it's happening less and less. And when it does, I get super excited and I say, I got to tell everybody about it. And that's what you did yesterday by telling me about this concept, which is the, it's a QRP is that's the call. That's what you call it, right? QRP. Yeah. And, and that's not, stands for qualified retirement plan, but really that's a very broad name for something and really what, what I thought was interesting about it is that this is a product that probably for most people who are investing in um, anything with leverage, um, real estate, for example, really should be the vehicle of choice rather than a self-directed IRA. Can you talk a little bit about how you came up upon this, how you got involved, and then ultimately a little bit about the QRP?
1: yeah back uh, almost a decade ago, I had a, a friend of mine when I had a precious metals company come to me and tell me he wanted to use his, his QRP to buy some silver, and I said, "I don't know what you're talking about, but if, if that means you're sending me a check, I'm in, you know I'm happy to help you." And, and I thought that was kind of curious that he was using a retirement account, some like an IRA or something. yeah and I thought, well, I'm going to learn about this. So I dug into it and realized there was this whole world out there that nobody was talking about called the QRP. And basically what it is, it's it's this IRA on, on steroids and the more I dug into it, the more I realized this is an IRA killer. It's something that should be in place of the IRA for almost everybody, and it's because you can do so many more things with it, and then recently what's happened is people that are using their IRAs with real estate are starting to find out about this really sneaky tax that they're getting hammered with, and the great thing is with the QRP, it's exempt from this tax, so you can invest in real estate and have all sorts of leverage, the debt, which is why we love real estate, because you can borrow tons of money and you don't get taxed. So you can create this massive wealth tax-free using the Roth part of your plan. And I just thought, Oh my gosh, this is like the secret weapon. It's almost, it's almost like a weapon of mass destruction, but it's mass wealth creation, you know, instead.
0: Right. Right. So then you just said, you know, you, 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 you wanted to anyways, it's a problem. And usually that's where a business starts An entrepreneurial guy looks at it and says, you know, I can help people. And at the same time, there's a business here. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, is this concept, is it different from a solo 401k?
1: It is. Uh, a lot of people think that they're sort of all the same, but most solo f- 401ks, solo Ks, they none of those have liability protection. They're not covered by ERISA. And that's a huge problem because you're more likely to lose your money. As you know, with medicine, we can go bankrupt in medicine, but in this country, you're more likely to lose your money from getting sued with something. You, you know, somebody trips over your front lawn or whatever, and you get sued. So the problem with the Solos is that they don't have the ERISA protection because there's one person. We solved the problem with the EQRP, which is our own process. It's our, our trademarked, patented process to build this system around the qualified retirement plan that includes the liability protection. So it's literally one of a kind on the market. So you get the protections and all the, the advantages of the, the code that are built in. So it's, it's literally the best in class, best in market nationwide. So let's talk about it a little bit
0: in a little bit more detail because this is this is how I want to um break it down why I think it's really important. Um so now it t- typically so we've talked about this on this show before with with self-directed IRAs. For most people, um you know they're they're looking for cash, they're looking for figure out ways to invest and a lot of times they don't have it because they've dumped it all in their retirement accounts, um, over time. And that's where it's been accumulating. And then one day they realize they can self-direct and they're like, Holy cow, I can self-direct. This is great. I don't have to buy mutual funds. Like the guy at the bank told me, I wonder why he told me that anyway. And so then they get a self-directed IRA and then they say, this is great. Now I can invest in all these things. I can do notes and Hey, I can even do real estate. And real estate is great. And one of the reasons why real estate is a great asset class to invest in is because it utilizes leverage most of the time. And I've talked about this on the show before, but one of the disadvantages of using a self-directed IRA for real estate is that that component of profit that comes from the leverage is taxable and it's called UBIT, right? Yes. And what... What Damien is telling us is that there is a way around this, and it's by not using a self-directed IRA, it's by using a QRP, which gives you all of the benefits, but now you don't have
1: to pay tax on leverage. So what's the catch? The catch is Wall Street and custodians don't like it. They don't want you to know about it, so you haven't heard about it, and there's one word that explains that AUM assets under management, it's how the financial system makes all its money off of fees. So they don't want to give you something or information about something that would put all that control in your hands and not fee you. So this is, there, there's a reason you haven't heard about it. There's a reason that that, uh, that this doesn't exist for most people in their vocabulary. And the, the downside is you're in control. And the upside is you're in control. So if, if somebody's reckless, this is actually a really dangerous thing because you are holding the keys and you can do whatever you want with it, and that for some people that's just a bad idea. They should definitely not touch their money. But for people that are listening to this, you're already investing in your in yourself. So to right. me, that makes you self responsible. Right. Clearly, and,
0: and that rate. I mean that's like I mean that's true with the self self directed IRA in general as well. But I think what the QRP is doing is giving you additional flexibility, and it's basically making it so now you can really really use leverage to your advantage.
1: Um, it, it, it is. And you, you keep in mind with the QRP, you're the trustee. And that right. means that there's no like in the IRA, there's always this custodian and they create friction. And in theory, they're protecting you. They're not really doing that. But in theory, they are. With the QRP, you're literally. So in there's, no like, there's no, no custodian.
0: There's no. Custo- so so you mentioned a second ago, silver, which and I presume gold then, too.
1: Yeah.
0: So that's not something you can ordinarily invest in with uh, with an IRA.
1: No, there's. this is one of the huge things about the the QRP. You can physically take possession of gold and silver. So a lot of us like the idea of being able to hedge against the dollar with all the Federal Reserve printing. So you can take tax-deferred money, which I say is like getting a 30% subsidized uh, purchase of gold and silver by the feds, and and then you get to hold the metals as the trustee. So why would you not do that? Why would you take after-tax money and buy silver and gold when you can effectively take possession of it with tax deferred money. It's a great way. You can't do that with an IRA. It has to be at a financial institution, a a depository, but you can actually take possession with a QRP major advantage.
0: Is there any other um, rules that, you know, like typically with, with IRAs that you can't do, that you can do or you can invest in or whatever, just, you know, similar to silver and gold, because that's, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to understand, So I don't know myself um, in this situation what other additional flexibilities there may be that that we haven't covered.
1: Well, one of the things that you have, similar rules about who you can invest with or what you can invest in. Uh, With with real estate, you clearly have the ability to do leverage and have leverage without the tax. One of the really neat things is it's got – the QRP has a built-in credit line. And so you've got this IRA money, maybe a rollover from a 401K or something. You've got this money stuck in an IRA. And you go, gosh, I'd really like to be able to do a deal over here, not retirement deal, but I've got an opportunity or I want to start a business or something right. and you don't have any cash. Well, if your money is in a QRP, you can borrow $50,000 out of that in five seconds. You just write yourself a check and you've got the money.
0: Without a penalty.
1: No penalty. You, list, you just write yourself a check and then you pay your QRP back. That's a major advantage over that IRA that you can't touch.
0: Right. Right. That is, that is a big, that is a big difference. Um, you can do this with, um, you can do this with, uh, you said you can roll it over, right? Cause that was a, that was a major question I had because, you know, um, you know, to me, the, the, this is like, I see so many people who've got all their money sitting in, in a, a retirement account. Um, how difficult is it to roll over? I mean, for example, you know, what do you do with money that's already, maybe it's already invested in, in real estate in your self-directed IRA? How do you, you know, can can you um, transfer ownership to your QRP? How does that that's
1: work? A, yeah, that's a huge question. And it's really important for people to get this. If you've already got real estate in an IRA, you can move that. It's called a rollover. It's it's a transfer of, of assets in kind. Effectively, you're moving it from one custodian to another. Well, the new custodian is you. You're the trustee. Just think of those as the same thing. So you don't have to sell your real estate; you just transfer the title from your IRA to your 401k or to your QRP. So basically, you're getting out of this UDFI problem, and you still have the interest because ultimately, you're the. it still all flows to you as the beneficiary of all these retirement accounts. It allows you to roll it over. How easy is it? Depends how many you know the the, the grip that your custodian has. You have to understand that a lot of custodians. Um, well, actually all of them. Well, legally they can't, they can't stop you from doing they it. They can't stop you. What they do is, is they want to slow it down and try to frustrate you to the point where you quit. And that's how they maintain control. But ultimately it might take a week or two, but you're going to have your and stuff. And you can and help, control. you
0: can help with that, obviously.
1: And we help you every step of the way. So, so it's, it's easy.
0: I want to be very clear about that because this is, you know, there are, there are times when there are like, you have to stop for a moment and reiterate something I know for a fact that even in the last, you know, few months, we've um, even in our real estate deals, we've got, you know, a lot of IRA money, self-directed IRA money in there. And, you know, we always talk about this, you know, that there is that UBIT component. There is that issue. What Damien's talking about here is an opportunity for you to roll over those IRAs into this kind of plan. And if you've got, you know, $100,000, $200,000 in real estate that you're expecting to pay, that you're expecting to pay you bid on, you can get out of it. You can get out of it. That is huge. We're talking for some of you literally hundreds of thousands of dollars here. Um. So. Uh, so I just, you know, sorry to keep belaboring this, but this is why I think this is such a big deal and I want to make sure we get this message out. Anybody who has a self-directed IRA right now, I'm sorry I've told you to do this in the past because I just didn't know about this concept. These are things that I'm learning about with you, but I will tell you right now, this is a very, very good option for you, at least for the component that you're going to consider doing leverage on, um, now. Uh, let's talk about the, um, other things. So you can, you can also invest uh, in, you can invest in cryptocurrency,
1: right? Cryptocurrency, you can invest in private placement. You can invest in, uh, I had people investing in coconut farms in Belize. Like it's kind of all over the place. You could do almost anything. If they eventually start mining asteroids, like Peter Diamandis and these guys are thinking about, you probably invest in that too.
0: Yeah. I got to get Peter on this. So, but he, that, that, that's, that's really interesting to me. So, so, um, can you can you put uh, can you use a check and write a down payment and lever? Probably not. Absolutely, you can.
1: Absolutely, people do it all the time. It's, so it's now
0: you're thing leveraging thing. your money in an IRA, and I'm because because when I was talking about it before, what I was talking about is in the context of private placements, right? Where you're a limited partner and you've got leverage that's occurring on the deal but you know you can invest in the deal but what you're saying is you can use this money as a down payment on a property that you're going to use leverage on
1: absolutely no problem
0: that's huge wow okay oh
1: it it, it gets better too cuz we we haven't even talked about the Roth component
0: okay let's talk about the Roth component <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, mm-hmm. this is where you, you go into tax-free. So th- yeah. there was a, a, a crazy debate that we saw in 2016 where the, the question was, what taxes do you pay? And Donald Trump said, you know, paying zero is smart. And Hillary was talking about how great it was to pay yeah. 30% or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But the truth is, with the Roth, you can pay zero. With, with the QRP, it's really neat because there's no limit on income. With IRAs, there are some limits where if you make too much money, you can't go into the Roth. You are stuck with deferred. Well, mm-hmm. with the QRP... There's no discrimination for people that make too much money, and that means that you can start shifting your your money from deferred money to Roth, and a couple of neat things. One, you're never going to pay taxes on those on that growth, and the money that you're putting in, which is your contribution or your basis, that money you can take out at any time, no matter what your age is. That's just with the Roth, or is that yeah, for with both? Roth. Okay, with Roth. okay. So,
0: um, interesting. So, so what you're saying is that if i were to take um you know a hundred thousand dollars by the way the, the, that's the other thing that's beautiful for my my group here because we have a lot of professionals a lot of people who make more money right where a roth normally you could only put in what like five grand right I yeah mean,
1: if if you could even get it in there you're, because right you're, opt- you're oh that's right
0: account. you can't even do that well yeah. here you could
1: do a roth and do like Fifty-five thousand dollars, right? Fifty-five thousand, not hundred. That's ten times more than IRA.
0: And if you're married, that's the two of you.
1: So really, it's like
0: one hundred and ten thousand dollars. One
1: hundred and ten thousand per year. One
0: hundred and ten thousand dollars per year, which you could do as a Roth. And then all of a sudden, you buy a bunch of cryptos. I'm not saying I'm not telling anybody to do this, but I'm just putting this in theory. All of a sudden, you've ten xed. You've got a million million bucks in there. You say, hey, you know what? I want to take that one hundred ten k out the initial principal, and I'll, we'll ride the rest of it uh you can do that and that money that you pull out your principal at that point is tax-free though right i mean because it's tax-free
1: there's, there's no tax event because it right, was based right, it's, it's your own it's money only available with the roth
0: yeah yeah could but after you pull out the principal you can't contribute anymore i presume
1: oh you can always contribute more you just have to make sure you have income to contribute but you can always contribute more
0: <laughs> but but then you can pull out your principal back again mm-hmm. so you can kind of, kind of keep putting it. Okay. Well, that's not a bad, not a bad deal either. Okay. Um, Let's see. So what are, are there any downsides to this? Tell me the downsides. There's gotta be some kind of downside. No, compared to a self-directed IRA or a four self uh, directed 401k. I
1: I guess if you're a socialist and you like paying a lot of taxes, this is probably a bad idea. I mean, it's, I mean, the truth is it's, There just aren't downsides to it, other than for Wall Street or custodians. That's the downside is for them because the money ends up staying in your pocket. Yeah. So what's the downside? The downside is a lot of people lose all those fees. Yeah. That's not your problem. That's your benefit. Right.
0: Let's let's back up one more time, real quick, because because a lot of people are wondering, you know, how do I do this and stuff. What does the structure of this look like? Right. I mean, with a self-directed IRA, you've got it. Basically, you've got a custodian, an account. Here's a checkbook. Presumably, you need an entity. Um, Does the entity have to be, I mean, you know, is it pulling off money from a corporation? How does it how does it work? And can anybody do this or is it only for business people or what?
1: Yeah, so, so the, one of the questions is who's, who's eligible? I mean, people right. ask that all the time. And if you're in the middle of real estate investing and, and that type of space, you're definitely eligible. There's there's a self-employment uh, component and everybody that's doing real estate has that built into what you're doing. And we, we, will, we can guarantee that you will have that and be in compliance with the IRS. So if you're interested and this makes sense, you, you are definitely eligible. Uh, it's whether you are doing this individually or whether you have an LLC or a corporation and you're running that for your stuff doesn't make any difference. It's a very similar structure. I so we got to you know, have
0: some kind of 1099s or K1s coming in though, or something.
1: Yeah, right? yeah, you'll have you'll have something that that comes in. It's the way I look at this too. When when the IRS says you've got to have self employment intention or income, it's kind of like when you start a business. Well, the difference between a business and a hobby is the hobby. There's never really intention ever of having profit, whereas a business, your intention is to have profit at some point. It might not be this year. So it's not important if you have actual profit. It's just important that you have intention and that, say, three to five years down the road, that can happen. Well, I like, can make sure like for sooner.
0: example, for example, let's say, <clears throat> you know, a lot of my folks have separate I or, or separate entities specifically for the purpose of investing, or maybe not even that. Maybe they're just getting K-1s directly from private placements, Right. Yep. Um that would qualify presumably. But a Absolutely. lot a lot of most people are probably not going to be doing, you know, $55,000 worth of dividends per year at least to start. So, could they they could still contribute 55,000 even though they're not pulling in $55,000 in K1 or 1099 income?
1: Yeah, so the the way that the contributions work, there's there's a formula for how you contribute based on your income and and the type of income you have, whether it's W2 or it's K1, it's schedule C. And we just, we help you with the formula. So effectively, if you've rough numbers, if you've got about $160,000 in income, you'd be able to max this out at the 55,000, kind of give you a rough space of of what it takes to max it out. And then there's different levels uh, and different percentages of your income that you can contribute. Bottom line is it makes financial sense for everybody to consider doing this, especially when you have the Roth, because once a Roth is set up, you've got this, this vehicle that you can start using with leverage, with opportunities. You know, if you go and you find a piece of property and you tie it up with your Roth and you've got a $5,000 option piece, and then you convert that into 100,000 bucks, you just 20 extra money and there's no tax. It, you know, you, that's, That by itself means that you don't necessarily need to have a giant amount of money in this thing to make it incredibly valuable. So it's really the function of the tool. It's not necessarily the amount of money that you start with in there.
0: Right. So, um, that sounds very good. Now, uh, I think that's, I mean, I think we pretty much covered it. Tell me about this Rwanda trip you're going on. (laughs)
1: What's that all about? (laughs) Well, there's one of the things that you have to realize in life is, and I mentioned this in the very beginning is that it's gotta be about more than just the money. There's gotta be the experience of life. And I remember when I was doing all my stuff, banking all this money, and I wasn't really experiencing life, and I, I, was, I basically spent a decade just for the cash. Well, now I'm incorporating these experiences, like one of them is going to Africa and seeing these silverback gorillas live before they're extinct. They're very, very endangered, and I get to go in the, in the mountains of Rwanda and be face-to-face with them in their habitat, not a zoo, like right there, feet away from these things.
0: That sounds very safe.
1: I'm sure it's not safe <laughs> at all. And, and it's. So you know, if you, you
0: don't come back, we can, there's somebody there is still going to be able to help us. Or
1: <laughs> Yeah. And, and everything that I have is, is out there. So we're, I'm going to give you a, a chance to get a copy of the book and, and things to you. Yeah. Uh, so, Doing, you know, you're, you've been really,
0: yeah, absolutely. And you're generous and you've provided a page for, for me where anyone can order a bunch of information uh, about these topics. And I can put up an icon. Um, I'm going to put up an icon on com. And we'll put on on the icon so you know what it is. We'll put better than self-directed IRA click here. I think that'll be pretty obvious. Um, The other thing you can do if you want to get this information uh, is text me at 44222 and write one word, forget IRA. Okay, 44222, forget IRA. And I can get you all of these books that Damien's going to tell us about right now. What are the books? What are these goodies? that you are going to send?
1: You're going you're gonna to get a copy of the book. It's called The QRP Book. I literally wrote the book on the QRP. It's called okay. The QRP Book. So you're going to get a copy of that. You're also going to get, I mean, I'm going to email you a report that summarizes it. It's about eight or 10 pages. And it'll give you the highlights of what we've been talking about. So you can start understanding this because typically people go through a cycle of, this sounds unbelievable why I have not heard of this. And it's, we talked about this with AUM. And then they get really mad that they didn't hear about it 10 years ago. And they've been screwed around with an IRA. And then they go, give me the book. Let's get going. So if you're wherever you're at, you're probably in part of that cycle somewhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. So again, uh, wealthformula.com. Go, go click on the icon or 44222 and just type one word, forget IRA. And we'll hook you up with Damien. So Damien, thanks for being on Wealth Formula Podcast today. Please come back in one piece because uh, I know people are going to want to talk to you.
1: I can't can't wait to talk with you and everybody else again. I appreciate you having me on here, Buck.
0: We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Now, if I had a self-directed IRA, especially if I've got money invested in real estate through my self-directed IRA, I would get on this quickly. The biggest issue here is that you can save on UBIT with real estate leverage, and that is huge. It is absolutely huge. You know, when I learned about this, um, which was literally like yesterday, the first thing that went into my mind was, oh my gosh, what about all these investors that I've got who've got self-directed money in, you know, things that you know, that I've sponsored, that I've suggested um, people consider? And the good news is it doesn't matter. As, as you just heard from Damien, you can literally transfer those assets over to this kind of uh policy. And you will not have to pay profits on leverage. And that in and of itself, that is absolutely huge. Um now you probably know that I don't personally have a retirement account. Um my preference, you know, because I never had retirement money in the first place, has been to use a wealth formula banking um type account. And I think that, you know, I mean I'm gonna continue doing that for my purposes. A Wealth Formula Banking account is, is you know, certainly um, probably pref- preferable for what I'm doing. But I'll tell you, if I had an IRA, uh, it is, you know, there's no question in my mind if I had to roll over, I would do this. So I certainly would look into that. Now, so make sure to check it out. Go to WealthFormula.com. Uh, look for the icon there. It should be something like better than an IRA or something. Or you can just text me at 44222 and type forget IRA, one word. Again, text 44222 and type forget IRA, and we will get you those books. Now, um, I do want to also remind you that there's still an opportunity to get closer to the core that is Wealth Formula and Wealth Formula Community, and that is the Wealth Formula Network. If you go to wealthformularoadmap.com, you're going to see that there is a course with the likes of Tom Wheelwright, Ken McElroy, Kevin Day, yours truly, the real estate guys, Christian Allen from Wealth Formula Banking, all these folks. And then uh, that course, along with uh, my... um, private community, Wealth Formula Network, which is a forum. And it's also a biweekly mastermind call. All of that you can check out and simply monthly payments, one low monthly payment. And you could be part of that. I think it's the best deal in town. I really do. So check that out at WealthFormulaRoadmap.com. And that is it for me this week. This is Buck Joffrey signing off.